0: CHAPTER Six OF OUR MASTER THOUGHTS FOR SALVATIONISTS ABOUT THEIR LORD This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tom Hirsch OUR MASTER THOUGHTS FOR SALVATIONISTS ABOUT THEIR LORD By Bramwell Booth chapter 6 a neglected savior and he came and found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy matthew 26:43 1 there are few more instructive or more touching things in the life of our lord jesus christ than his evident appreciation of human sympathy whether we observe him at the marriage feast or in the fishing boat, or on the Mount of Olives, or when spending a time apart with his disciples, or in the garden of his agony. This appreciation expresses itself quite naturally and consistently. The Son of Man, though one with the Father, yet found joy and comfort in the society of men. What we call companionship had real charms for him. It helped to draw him out to the hungerings and thirstings of men. It assisted in revealing to him the facts of human sin, and the needs of the human soul. Thus it enabled him more perfectly to be our living example, as well as the propitiation of our sins. And as he valued the consolations arising from human friendship and love, so also, He had to suffer the loss of them, in order that he might carry out his great work for God and man. For his work's sake, his soul was required to pass through the agony of losing every human consolation. Many were his moments of bitterness. The world proved itself to be, what it still remains, a cold-hearted affair. His own, to whom he came, received him not. But the bitterest sorrow which can come to a leader was added to his cup, when he witnessed the failure of his trusted disciples in the hour of trial, and when he realized that their unfaithfulness was towards himself as a person, as well as to the great mission to which he had consecrated both himself and them. Now, when we are called upon to suffer in the same way, may we not be brought into very intimate fellowship with Jesus? Shall we complain because the servant is not above his Lord? Shall we doubt his love and care and power, because he does not always shield us from that same blast of loneliness which swept over his own soul in the garden? When for the second, I, and for the third time, he found his three disciples asleep. 2. Sad as it is, it is nonetheless certain that we too must expect some in whom we have trusted to fail us in that hour when we most need them, be it the hour of supreme temptation, or of great opportunity, or of deep sorrow for the kingdom's sake. It was precisely this which happened to our Lord. It is bad to be so dependent on men, even on the most beautiful or most perfect souls, that we cannot fight on without them. The dependence of love must work hand in hand with the independence of faith if we are to take our share in this trial of our master and to profit by it. Those who thus fail us will, perchance, be the very persons upon whom we have most reason to rely and whom in some sore trial of our faith or moment of danger we have specially called upon for defence and prayer for strength and sympathy as did our lord in the case of these disciples until now peter had been a valiant not to say reckless follower of jesus while all john especially had been well-beloved and tenderly watched over by him. And yet this woeful sleep deadens them to it all. Even for one short hour they cannot watch with him. 3. But such failure on the part of those who were loved and trusted will add immensely to the burden of the battle that we are fighting for God and the souls of men. It did so even to Jesus. Nothing more pathetic more deeply heart-moving is written in all god's book than this simple picture of the man of sorrows struggling for the life of the human race absolutely bereft of human aid coming in the midst of his dark conflict to seek the touch of sympathy a hand-grasp a look from those his well-loved followers only to find them asleep in the gloom retracing his steps he casts himself on the ground and cries my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me am i wrong in saying that it was an added ingredient of bitterness in that cup to find that these his trusted ones could only sleep while he must go forward to suffer but their failure did not stop him no not for one moment there was agony in his heart there were death shadows around him and bloody sweat upon his brow but he did not waver he went right on to finish the work he had promised to do gladly he would have had them with him steadfastly he goes forward without them here also is a lesson for you and for me the work is more than the worker And in times when we must lose, for our work's sake, that which we must count dearer to us than our lives, when the iron of disappointed love enters our soul, as it entered his, we must follow him and go forward, steadfastly forward. 4. And after all, the failure of the disciples was very human. Their eyes were heavy, they were weary and sore-tired this too is typical of many of the losses we salvationists are called upon to suffer some on whom we have relied and trusted grow weary in well-doing the strain is so great the tax on brain and heart and hand is so constant life becomes so burdened with watchings and prayings and sufferings for and with others that there is little if any time, or strength left for oneself. And so they cannot keep up, but seek rest and quiet for themselves elsewhere. They are heavy and no longer feel the need to watch with us. Dear comrade, in your like trial, do not doubt that the Lord Jesus is with you. Suffering of this kind will help to liken you to him. It is a very real bearing of the cross of Christ. Pitiful followers of him should we be if we wished to have only joy when he had only suffering. 5. But the disciples' strange failure did not call forth one word of bitterness from our Lord's lips. A gentle reproach was certainly implied in the words, Could ye not watch with me one hour? But no shade of personal displeasure expressed itself much as the occasion might seem to warrant it. No, Jesus knew the failures begotten of human weakness as well as the horror of human sin. And so he made allowances and was as patient with those who left him as he was tender to those who were steadfast. He loved them both. Go thou and do likewise. In your home, in your family circle, in your core in your office, in your work, be it what it may. When men fail and forsake your Lord, even if all disappoint and desert you, you must love them still. Be faithful with them, but above all, be steadfast in your own purpose and devote all your zeal and strength to finish the work that God has given you to do. In short, go forward without them, But let your words and thoughts and prayers for them be like your masters. And Jesus utters no word of complaint about this failure. The silence all through that great anguish is indeed very wonderful. Abandoned by man, he abandoned himself all the more earnestly to his work for men without a murmur. And abandoned by God, as for a little time it seemed, he all the more completely abandoned himself to God. To have fellowship with him, you and I will have to walk the same path and mind the same rule. When friends or followers or comrades trample upon the solemn covenants made alike to us and to God and forsake and leave us to finish our work and tread our winepress alone, let there be no moaning because of the pain it inflicts. When those upon whom we had a right, right by reason of natural law, or right by reason of the obligations and precious vows of friendship, or right on the ground of spiritual indebtedness, when those, I say, upon whom we had a right to depend fail us, let there be no complaining of their treatment, because it is painful to us. Let there be no filling of the earth with laments and wailings, no accusing of our accusers, no reviling of those who revile us. Let us be silent in the patience of Jesus and in the strength of his love, and let his way of meeting the loneliness of desertion be our way. Let us pray. But all the same, that sleep that failure to respond to the personal claim of Jesus was a sure forerunner of the cowardly flight and the deadly denial which followed it. The seeds of Peter's lies and curses were sown in the selfishness and slumber of the garden. They came to maturity in the kitchen of the judgment hall. Poor Peter, how many hours of bitter self-reproach would you have been spared had you but held out during that one brief hour of your watch in Gethsemane. How differently we could have regarded your poor, wobbling nature! How differently, too, your Lord's great trial would have come to him! How different might have been the history of mankind! 6. The method of love which Jesus adopted towards the Forsakers received the sanction of success, For they all came back, in spite of their shame and their fears, they returned to their allegiance, with, I think, much more than their old faith and love. Judas was the only exception, and even he sought a place of repentance, and but for his horrid league with the jealous and cruel religionists would, I think, have found one. You see the lesson? if you go on with your work for God and finish it, paying no heed to those who, having put their hand to the plow, look back. And if, in spite of your sorrow, you will struggle steadily forward in the face of the coldness and carelessness of those between whom and you there was once the tenderest love, God will not only carry you through your appointed labor for the world, but he will restore many of those others to their allegiance to him and his. Will they ever be quite the same? Will they not have lost something? Yes, they will indeed have lost. But if they come back, in reality, they will gain more. The new union will be more divine than the former one. They will not merely rise on stepping-stones of their own dead selves to higher things but the beauty and excellence and glory of love the exceeding profitableness of enduring grace and the sweet aroma of faithfulness will be the more clearly manifest to the sons of man by reason of the weakness and breakableness of the human vessel Let us then press forward without one backward glance until we finish our work. Let us thank God for those who are faithful. Let us love and pray for those who fail, expecting to see them restored, healed, and purified. End of chapter 6. Recording by Tom Hirsch.